Hello, folks, and welcome to another edition of Weber's Whipping Post, coming to you from Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm Weber, and I'm delighted you have chosen to listen to my podcast today. If you have any questions, concerns, or a different opinion, you can reach me at packerbacker1957 at yahoo.com or my website at www.weberswhippingpost.com. I'd love to hear from you. Hey, before I begin, did you know this episode is brought to you by Brandon and Jeff Chero at Course Street Ford, now celebrating their 40th year serving the Kankakee County? Whether you're buying a new Ford, a pre-owned vehicle, or needing your vehicle service, the good folks at Course Street Ford are committed to making this your place to go for your vehicle needs. Open 9 to 7, Monday through Friday, and Saturday from 9 to 5. Stop by their showroom in Bourbon, Illinois, or look them up online at www.courtstreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. That slimy Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, has his shorts in the water. Congress is investigating whether he used federal funds in his pursuit of filing sham charges against a former president in order to fulfill a campaign promise. He doesn't think that's fair. Representative Jim Jordan's committee subpoenaed Bragg, so he turned around and sued Jordan. In his lawsuit, Bragg claimed his legal action against Jordan was in response to an unprecedentedly brazen and unconstitutional attack by members of Congress on an ongoing New York State criminal prosecution. Wah, wah, wah. The rotund one wants a judge who was appointed by Trump, by the way, to invalidate Jordan's subpoenas. You know, in a way, Bragg might be onto something with his claim. When it comes to matters of Trump, Congress has been unconstitutionally attacking Trump since the man first came down the escalator to announce his presidency in 2015. Just because the shoe is on the other foot, which Bragg hadn't seen in years, why should Congress stop now? On the heels of Bragg's witch hunt, Trump is biting back at former attorney Michael Cohn with a $500 million lawsuit of his own. The suit is for a breach of attorney-client relationship, breaching confidentiality agreements, and unjust enrichment. Cohn published two books, a podcast series, and made many media appearances, so he might have some money to lose. Trump filed the suit in the Southern District of Florida. Get this, wouldn't it have been a hoot had he filed it in Manhattan and Bragg had to defend him? I wonder how this will play out in Trump's presidential bid. My bet is Cohn doesn't pay a dime. Speaking of Trump, which is not hard to do when talking about the news, I saw one prognosticator said a Trump-DeSantis ticket would be a formidable for the Republicans in the 2024 election. I can't see that happening, and I bet DeSantis can't either. Budweiser light sales are down since they did that ridiculous marketing campaign of pandering to transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney. Anheuser-Busch, who owns Bud Light, has seen their stock decline about 4%. Depending on what publication you read, it appears it has cost Anheuser-Busch about $5 billion. Now may be a good time to buy the stock as the general public forgets about everything over time and sales will return after this blows over. People like beer and Bud is sold everywhere. I wonder though, is anybody gonna get fired out of that marketing department? As a side note, 
In researching this, I learned Anheuser-Busch is a Belgian company, not an American company. That's disappointing. I thought Bud was an American icon. Apparently, Bud Light might have done this solely to improve or maintain their corporate equality index. This is supposedly a benchmarking tool dreamed up by the Human Rights Campaign Foundation to benefit the LGBTQ communities. If Bud doesn't throw so much money at them or pander to them with commercials, for example, their index score will be lowered. It's a racket, according to Rob Smith of Stop Woke. He cites a top five bank getting shipped down for about $75 million by HRC for the threat of a lower index score. Think about that. $75 million. Bucks. Companies complying with this racket include Apple, J.P. Morgan Chase, American Airlines, Nike, Xerox, and Eastman Kodak, to name a few. Interestingly, Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's company, does not comply. Their score is zero. I don't buy anything from Nike or Bud, but we'll be keeping these other companies in mind now. I would wonder how much money these woke companies donate to conservative organizations. If they do at all, it's not trumpeted to be the big deal like everything has to be for the oversexed LGBTQ crowd. Eventually, go woke, go broke, will gain more traction. New York City has hired a director of road mitigation, a rat czar, if you will, and they're throwing three and a half million bucks at the infestation problem. She's paid $155,000 for the new position. Depending on the source, there are between two and eight million rats living in the city. If there are eight million rats, that's more than there are city residents. I was unable to ascertain if Alvin Bragg was countered in that population. Postage is going up again. The Postal Service filed a notice to increase the price of a stamp from 63 to 66 cents. Once approved, it will amount to a 32% increase in four years. And yet, they are expected to lose $4.5 billion in 2023. Think of all the junk mail the post office handles. No wonder they lose money. Seems we could sunset the agency altogether, grandfathering all current employees so nobody is cheated out of a dime, and let for-profit companies like FedEx and UPS take over. But what do I know? I'm from Shabazz. This podcast is brought to you by the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company. The fantastic team at Ryan's Insurance Company is ready to provide you with any insurance needs today. Just call 815-936-0075 to talk to a friendly representative. That's 815-936-0075. Or you can get an online quote at www.grinsure.com. That's G-R-I-N-S-U-R-E.com. Did you see the Tampa Bay Rays tied a Major League mark by going 13-0 to start the Major League Baseball season? The 1982 Braves and the 1987 Brewers also did it, a record that goes all the way back to 1885, a few years before Dianne Feinstein was born. Now, quick, they one player on the Rays. By the way, the Rays were originally called the Devil Rays, but changed the name in 2007 after complaints from snowflakes over the word devil. Give me a break. Speaking of Dianne Feinstein, she in trouble. At 89, this dinosaur is the oldest member of the Senate and is never there anymore. 
the situation is so bad that even her own party has told her it's time to resign. Fellow California Democrat Ro Khanna told her to resign after being absent from Congress for the last few months from a case of shingles. She had already announced she would not seek re-election in 2024, but that is not quick enough for some Dems, nor me. Her absence is slowing down Biden's judicial nominees. Good. I say good riddance as I wanted her tossed out on her keister ever since she pulled off those shenanigans with the Brett Kavanaugh Supreme Court appointment. You remember she also had a Chinese spy working for her. I don't feel sorry for that old bag of bones one bit. And if they are wanting to toss out Feinstein for not being in Congress so they can be told not to vote, what about getting John Fetterman's ass to work? The Pennsylvania Democrat has been off for most of his term with depression and the fact that a stroke has left him one step above a character. In the wake of Feinstein's possible retirement, California Governor Gavin Bothersome has already said he will appoint a black woman to take Feinstein's place. Not necessarily the best candidate, mind you, but a black woman. What the hell was that kid thinking of posting national secrets online? 21-year-old Jack Desher, a National Guardsman with top-level security clearance, posted classified documents in a game room to show off her friends. It had nothing to do with his political leanings or being a traitor. He revealed secrets about Russia, Ukraine, and China. Many called it incompetence, but I also have to wonder why our government gave that kid access to all that information. Hold on a minute. The leak may have shown something even more troubling than the kid leaking classified documents. According to Tucker Carlson, the leak shows Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has been lying to us about the Ukraine war. The leak also shows American soldiers are fighting Russian soldiers in Ukraine and that Ukraine is losing the war. For every seven Ukrainian soldiers killed, one Russian soldier is dying. Think about that. We may be in a war with Russia and our government has been lying to us about it. Then our mainstream propagandist media is complicit with siding with the government. Maybe, just maybe, Jack Tashira, who is now sitting in a military prison and being called a racist by the mainstream propagandist media, might actually be a national hero. This could be a major story and needs to be watched closely, folks. Another major development comes from Mike McCormick, a former Obama staffer, who has told Fox and Friends first the FBI is ignoring his reports that the Biden family was involved in a kickback scheme when Biden was vice president. At the time, his son Hunter was conducting overseas business and arranging for the Biden family to receive the kickbacks. McCormick has volunteered to testify under oath before a federal grand jury yet is being disregarded. If caught lying, he knows he risks prison, yet is still willing. Why is the FBI ignoring him? Why is the FBI still in business, is my question. Well, first Patrick Kane and now Jonathan Case. The Blackhawks have told the team captain they will not re-sign him next year, ending the dynamic duo who brought three Stanley Cups to Chicago. Taves has 371 goals and 511 assists to the Hawks in his career. So long, Jonathan. You were a good player. You were a good Blackhawk. First Neil Young and now Alan Weber. Frankly, I do give a shit, Joe Rogan. I'm not impressed by you and some comedian nobody ever heard of drinking Bud Light on your podcast and blasting folks 
that are against anything connected to transgender perverts. I'll be looking for a new podcast to listen to. So, California has a reparations task force to study and recommend payment to 1.8 million black folks for slavery and discrimination. Using their current figures, it would cost the state over $800 billion, which one board member says the cost is the least of considerations for the proposal. That's roughly $445,000 per person. Activists still say it's not enough. They also want a formal apology. I did some math on this matter. There are 39,324,000 California residents. If we subtract the 1.8 million black folks, it leaves us with 37,440,000 non-black people. Dividing 800 million by the non-black population would mean it would cost each person who never owned a slave $21,362 to pay 1.8 million people who were never a slave. This defies logic. Worse, California's total annual budget is $300 billion. They are currently running a deficit of about $29 billion. How in the world are they going to pay another $800 billion? Do they intend to tap the federal government for the difference, in effect, making all of America pay? And most crazy of all, California was never a slave state. You know, I'm not impervious to the plight of black folks in America for over 150 years. What was done with slavery in the 1800s and the Jim Crow laws in the 1900s was criminal. But a couple of things to point out is that black folks have made huge gains in the past 60 years, and the country's slavery of sin was not unique in the world history and still goes on in many countries. Blacks are not really white in the slavery issue either as they enslaved fellow blacks as well as whites throughout history. America has done the most to right its past wrongs. If other states were to follow California's example and the government forcibly made others pay reparations, I fear there will be backlash not seen in this country since the Civil War. The government cannot take money from people who never owned slaves and give it to people who were never slaves. It makes no sense. They need to let that sleeping dog lie and start finding the agitators. Kudos to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who just signed a bill to ban abortions in Florida after six weeks of pregnancy. The Heartbeat Protection Act bans abortions after six weeks except for victims of rape and incest. Slowly but surely, this country is moving in the direction of stopping the murder of unborn children and Florida is to be commended for joining other states who have passed similar measures. When doing research for this issue, I also learned Wisconsin and North Dakota have banned all abortions, period. Well, I guess CAN's Don Lamont weighed in on the Bud Light, Dylan Mulvaney issue, but who cares? If you're looking to make some extra money, head up near Calais, Maine. The Maine Mineral and Gent Museum will pay you 25,000 bucks if you find a piece of the meteorite that hit us last week, look near the U.S.-Canadian border for any fragment weighing up to 2.2 pounds and collect your reward. Hundreds of meteorites hit the Earth every year, but only 8 to 10 are found worldwide. Researchers are anxious to get their hands on them to study the mineral composition, which might lead to clues about the formation of the universe. A meteor that hit Samai in 2020 revealed two minerals not even found on Earth. 
Now, going back to the Tampa Bay question, it appears Brandon Lowe might be their best player this year, leading the club in three offensive categories and Drew Rasmussen for pitching. Ironically, Brandon's brother Josh plays for the Rays also. There have been almost 100 sets of brothers playing on the same team in Major League Baseball history, the last being Andrew and Austin Romine, who played ingloriously for the Cubs in 2021. I'm a Cubs fan and never heard of them. By the way, if you named Wander Franco when asked to name a player, you might be watching too much baseball. Who names their kid Wander? Looks like my time is up. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, please, please, please inform others about it. Give me a thoughtful and honest critique on any part of the podcast today or the podcast itself, and I'll even send you a Weber's Whipping Post hat. So long, folks. 